Welcome to the Mid-Level Show. Um, this is our third edition, and I'm so excited because we have all of our mid-levels here. We have Amber, we have Kara, representing the uh, King Sports and the Knoxville office, and Fran, our new PA, who is uh, part of the Johnson City office. Um, so you're getting a... A variety, for sure, a variety of opinions and great opinions about the doctor's notes sent out by Dr. Rogers, or sometimes we call the Dalai Lama. Or um, I watched the movie Django Unchained last night, and they say Big Daddy in that movie. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Dad would kill me if I said that. We will not. We do not refer to him as that. But this week's. Um, Doctor's note was on hypertension, which I feel like everybody knows about hypertension. Everybody comes in, and I. This is how I kind of want to start things off. Uh, whenever, whenever I graduated PA school, we had this guy come in to do our pants board review, and he says, "What's the one thing that's that you can't really trust in vitals?" And they say, "Heart rate and blood pressure. It's always yeah. going to be variable by who's reading it." Or um, if you're going on a machine, and I get a lot of questions too from patients coming in on on when to do blood pressure and where to do blood pressure. There's a lot of wrist cuffs. I don't even know if there's like finger cuffs now. Um, so I wanted to get y'all's opinion on, A, yes, measuring blood pressure is important, but what do you feel like is the best and most reliable way to do it? Do you guys have any opinions on that? We usually do hours after they've been sitting down, the legs aren't crossed cuff about, you know, the height of the heart and let them sit there for a few minutes. We do all manual blood pressures. And I usually do blood pressure on everybody because sometimes it may be elevated and patients don't know, like your right. dad referred to as the silent killer. So. Yeah. Amber, how about you? Do you ever get anybody requesting or talking about wrist cuffs? Um, no. <laughs> well, but but honestly, the ones at home. No, they yes. Say, hey. And in the hospital, sometimes we had, um, especially when you're talking about your morbidly obese patients, that you even the, the extra large cuff wouldn't fit on that you had to do wrist or leg, and those always tended to be very variable. But now I will say, um, there may be a new one out there that's for the wrist that's that's more accurate. In right. the past, it was crude and not accurate. Yeah, yeah, I, and I feel like. I feel like consistency is key. Fran, do you feel like uh, when people come in, they walk into the office, they come right through the door, they rush through, they sit down, we do blood pressure. That's how it happens a lot in the office. Mm -hmm. I, what do you suggest for patients coming in or like when they take blood pressure at home, what do you think, Fran? Is it always like, do you think in the morning? Do you think at night? Do you think same time? Do you even see I where patients- I think you should try taking your blood pressure at all different times of the day Yeah, to find out. Yeah, because um, I always have high blood pressure in a doctor's office. Yeah, I can sometimes turn it off in my head, but even every pregnancy I went through, they would send me to the hospital, and I'd be in the hospital for two hours, and they'd let me go home. So it's just something I do. I just something happens when someone takes my blood pressure and it goes up, but it's not truly high. Yeah. If I have it taken at home, it's always perfectly fine. No, have they so, ever have they suggested whenever that happened to you? Did they ever suggest medications right off the bat, or did they suggest like almost like, 
Uh, no, because I've always been very vocal, like absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. My blood pressure has been this my entire life and it's yeah. not high. Yeah. But, <laughs> and but, I'll take it again when I get home. Did they? You know, I certainly don't want to have high blood pressure. Right, mm -hmm. right. I'm sorry, Amber, what were you saying? No, I remember I was at a cardiology summit one time and a cardiologist actually specifically said, you know, talking about white coat hypertension. And some patients will know I, I when they come in and they're like, I know my blood pressure is high or it always goes up when I go to the doctor. But uh, one way he actually said to, to if a patient's systolic, level is high, but their diastolic remains in that normal range, meaning that top number goes up, but their bottom number is still, you know, 70s, 80s, then more than likely it's just that white coat. And I mean, both can go up with white coat hypertension and that's where the benefit of coming comes in of knowing what your blood pressure is on a regular basis, like Fran was saying. Yeah. yeah, my my bottom number never went over ninety. Yes, God, yeah. But it wasn't like I was coming in with a blood pressure of one sixty over one twenty and saying, "Oh, it's white coat." Right, and, exactly. And for those of you that that are watching this and haven't read the doctor's notes, systolic is the pressure as the heart is pushing blood out into your system. So that's the higher number on the top. It's we always think one twenty over eighty. So one twenty is systolic. One in eighty is is diastolic, the filling pressure. So I always explain to patients who talk about blood pressure and hypertension like a garden hose, a, a garden hose, like your your. So you're, you're, it's like pipes and the pressure mm -hmm. in the pipe, you, it's like pushing on the end of a hose. Like if the more force, it's going to uh, create more problems down the road. You, the whole goal is to get blood and nutrients where you need to go to your organs. And if you're pushing mm -hmm. against too little or too much, it's not going to get where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. And over time, it's going to cause things like heart disease, lung disease, and kidney disease, which is part of the RAS system, all three connected. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's important for patients to know the medications because a lot of people are on a lot of blood pressure medication um we always have gone at performance medicine with an arb first um an angiotensin receptor blocker um aces and arbs are going to be very similar so everybody says the prills or the artins losartan lysinoprils very similar in how they work on the kidneys um what are y'all's opinions about because i feel like every office and every provider is going to think differently. Do y'all have a first go-to, regardless of whether it's what performance medicine does or not, do you guys have ones that you prefer? We'll just, Kara, what do you think? I like the, I like the Prills. Um, they have pretty low side effects as far as um, fatigue, um, erectile dysfunction, yeah. and um, certain things like that some of the other classes can have. But you have to be really careful because some of them can have angioedema or the patients can have just a dry cough uh, with them. So you always need to watch them. But like you said, um, protecting their kidneys. Yeah. And which, and, uh, and, or sometimes just a little diuretic, you know, some HCTZ or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. How about you, Fran? Mm -hmm. Do you have ones that you like to go through first or ones that you've seen success with the most or? I'm always a big proponent of lifestyle changes. First. Ooh, that's the answer. On, that is that board question. To go on a medication that's for the rest so, of your life. Uh, that's, if you can find yeah. a way to control it without going on medication, that would always be my first choice. Mm -hmm. That is literally, that is before going into boards. So I'm the newest coming in as, as a, um, as a provider. So I just, I took my boards and, and you've researched it. And uh, they told me during this board review, 
always choose lifestyle. Lifestyle choices and lifestyle changes is your number one answer for everything, even if you don't think it's the answer. And so that's great you bring that up is that it's lifestyle choices. What what lifestyle choices? Dr. Rogers talks about a couple of these too. Um, and I can literally, the way that he writes, I have, I have the note right here. The way that he writes is how he talks. It's so, do you find that? I find that yes. too. That is exactly how he talks. Stretch. We're big on supplements. <laughs> like that's so dead. It's so dead. And I write like I talk too. But what what do you find works well for you, Fran? Um, well, definitely. I if I'm trying to lower it, I can I can do it with my breathing yes. and kind of like med- meditation. I can I can lower my heart rate and lower my blood pressure just by thinking about it. Which is the same yeah. reason I, when I'm anxious, it goes up. Yeah. I mean, it, Anytime I'm in, anytime I think someone's going to do something to me, my blood pressure goes up, right? It's just human nature. It's a natural reaction. It's an instinctual reaction is that you're prepping your body. Controlling your thoughts, which obviously I haven't conquered in the doctor's office. (laughs) But, um, you know, at home, just deep breathing. I think in the note he mentioned meditation. Yeah. It's great for blood pressure. Um, Obviously weight loss. Yeah. If you're carrying around extra weight, it can affect your blood pressure. And you're thinking about it pushing, always think about blood pressure pushing against a system. So if you're pushing against more resistance, your blood pressure is going to go up. So weight loss helps. I love And that potassium and magnesium supplement works really well. Yeah. Do you do you the use a combo? One. Do you use the combo like he talks about or Yeah. Okay. Same one. Yeah. There's a lot of different ideas too about like different substrates of magnesium there's like magnesium citrate magnesium three and eight glycinate um and some are better for others is there one that you particularly like i i actually i i really just know mainly i take the magnesium l-theanate at night yeah yeah because it also can kind of help you sleep yeah um but i take the potassium and magnesium during the day I think it, what you bring about about breathing, that's so important. I, I was listening to Oh, you to can a, just change it with your breathing. Yeah. Even with a podcast I was talking about, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. This one was talking about transcendental meditation, and it was talking about boxed breathing. Like four, I think it's three, does anybody know boxed breathing? It's like a certain number of like seconds in, hold, seconds out, hold. And so it's like, I think it's three or four seconds in for the inhalation you hold and then you push out and it slows your heart rate. And really it does work. It's I feel like we're kind of a product of our culture that we're always kind of expected to do more and not to do less. Um, Amber, what are your thoughts too? Do you have any lifestyle? You're, I saw your head shaking for a lifestyle mm-hmm. um, modification. Just talked a little bit about meditation and breathing. Is there anything else that you like to do? Like as for maybe even exercise? Dr. Rogers mentions exercise in it too. Yeah, I was about to say, I've seen the biggest results in uh, as far as blood pressure, especially I, I immediately thought about HCG. You know, we have patients' blood pressure medicines on their third day for a reason. And it's because with that, in, with that weight loss, your blood pressure naturally comes down. And so exercise is a great way to do that and just work your work that muscle and make it more efficient and, and lower it. But if you are starting out um, overweight, you know, or, um, um, or be, or obese, then losing that, those extra pounds is going to naturally bring that blood pressure down. And that's, for me, I've seen that just make drastic people come off of their blood pressure medications uh, completely entirely with with just weight loss 
That's amazing that HCG, we do a lot of HCG at Performance Medicine, and we've sent out a note that HCG may be converting to a biologic drug and not going to be used as a compounded drug. But the way that we've been able to use it in the office, for those of you listening at home and on our audio space, is um, <laughs> is, is for weight loss. There's an HCG diet protocol created by Dr. Simeon back in the 60s or 70s. Uh, that helps people lose weight quickly, and it's through this hormone HCG, the pregnancy hormone. And you're right, Amber, we have everybody's blood pressure medications right off the bat on day three when they start 500 calories and um, uh, diabetes medications because HCG and eating cleaner lowers your blood pressure and lowers your blood glucose. It's in, from what you're eating. So I feel like that's that's it's so important. Important and 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 Fran too. You're pretty passionate about the HCG and 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 also for the clarity of thoughts, too. That you just feel oh. clearer on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so I just feel like there's way more that we could do for lifestyle changes. A without going on medications. Although I will tell you that I'm on low sartan and I friggin love it. I do. <laughs> I love. I love it. I went to a conference um, in November. Uh, it was a functional medicine conference, like kind of the anti-aging, that type of, you go into these anti-aging conferences and everybody is 85 years old and looks like they're in their fit. I mean, so it's like, whatever. <laughs> so I always ask them, I'm like, what are you doing and should I start now? But, um, but, but as a type one diabetic for 16 years, it's always, they say that an ACE or an ARB you do to protect your kidneys. They'll almost put everybody on one. And, and according to, this is another subject for another time talking about cholesterol medications it's part of protocol that any uh any patient with diabetes over the age of 40 has to be on a statin that's like through Mm -hmm. so it's so who knows really what because because we're not huge statin people but i do like losartan i have been checking my blood pressure on it to see if it is affected and it runs right around 115 over 75 so it's doing something, but um, they say it's kidney protective, like a low, the lowest, like low certain 25 milligrams. I don't know if you've heard, Kara, have you heard anything about that? More of like a functional medicine route to? Um, I've, I have some patients that come in and um, ne- nephrologists have put them on like lisinopril two and a half. Yeah. Something really, um, really low rather than the 10 milligrams, you know, they're, they're just on a really low dose. Like you said, two and a half milligrams just to be um, protective. Yeah. And Andy, you bring up a good point. I don't know if you had, I know, I know of patients and even in my own family, people with a genetic uh, predisposition to high blood pressure in their twenties, you know, yeah. and, and those people you do have to address because they may not be overweight. They may be avid exercisers and they have this genetic, genetic predisposition to high blood pressure. And so those patients are going to benefit from the, you know, whether it be a losartan or lisinopril, um, some type of pharmacologic medication more than likely. So, um, but once again, that's why it's always important to know what your blood pressure is, whether even in your twenties and thirties, whether you're symptomatic or not symptomatic to know kind of what you're running and, and what that is doing. Are you saying that knowledge is key? <laughs> and on that note, also, um, because sometimes patients will freak out if their blood pressure is like, 100 over 60 that's too low oh my goodness or 90 uh you know i went to give blood one time and my blood pressure was um 88 over 50 which i wasn't symptomatic i got down did some push-ups and it came up to like 95 over so because it has to be over 90 to to donate and all i'm saying is 
patients will ask me, is, is my blood pressure too low? Like if it's 105 over, uh, is it too low? And I say, well, are you symptomatic? Do you get lightheaded when you stand up? Do you feel, um, do you not feel well? Because, because it's, you know, we want it to be below 120 over 80 or 115 over um, 80, what your or 75, what your dad said. But um, also you need to know what, are you symptomatic, you know, or, yeah. or do you just run a low blood pressure? Right. And that's true. Yeah. You do want to perfuse. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> so you want to get, yeah, your... no, I would not recommend being in the eighties. That was only happened one time to me. And I was kind of like, that's weird. Amber, okay. do we need to talk after this? Um, I think the three of us are concerned about you. It's okay. No, I'm just but you're right. You do want to perfuse. You don't want to go too much the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's so interesting because they do, I, they do refer to it in school too, as the silent killer. So I feel like if you, a, you, are you symptomatic or are you asymptomatic? And that's mm-hmm. just going to be, it's going to be such a provider patient conversation to really, I feel like it's important for people to know why blood pressure is important in general, like why good blood pressure is important and what it actually does, mm-hmm. what those medications do, if you do get on medications, but where you can really take action is those lifestyle modifications. Because he talks about on the other end, if it gets way too high, if hypertension gets way too high, there are consequences for it. And the one that picks up is is stroke. And I don't know if, if it, I have not personally worked with any patients that have dealt with stroke. I've had friends or family members that, that have gone through this, but that's, it's debilitating. It's, it's totally, have you all worked with any stroke patients in the past or? Yeah, I worked on the stroke floor at Dawn City Medical Center, um, yeah. the stroke center actually. And you're exactly right. Depending on the severity of the, the clot, the stroke, the, or what, I mean, I'm, we're talking about ischemic strokes yeah. here. So blood clots, um, it can be absolutely complete, you know, hemiparalysis where you're paralyzed on one side. It can be, um, it can be very severe. Yeah. So. One, I, I will say that, that staying, staying proactive and knowing, like even what I say, knowledge is power or knowledge is key. It is true though, knowing what things run. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that this is all, this is saying COVID and hypertension. So COVID is a big keyword right now. It's a buzzword. We are starting to run tests. I don't know if you all have run any in, uh, in, Knoxville, I know in Johnson City and Kingsport, we've run tests and all of our patients have been negative for COVID. I had which, my test today. Yeah, just today. Okay, yeah. I had mine yesterday too. So Antibody testing is what we're Yes, right? correct. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Not active oh, COVID. Good. The antibody test, which is a blood test um, um, through Quest Labs. And um, we, we've all had negative, uh, so far we've had negative testing, which is really, to me, it's a testament of most of our popu- patient population, which we're very lucky is a healthy patient population, mm-hmm. that they're proactive about their health. They're doing the vitamins and supplements they're replacing with hormones, and they're coming in not because they're sick, but because they want to continue staying healthy. And I feel like it's reflective now in our tests for what we're seeing with negative antibodies for COVID. So, um yeah, that's all I had to say about that. There was no segue from that. <laughs> there was no, <laughs> that's no very segue. informative. Yeah, but infor- to know that, that just with what you're saying, we got knowledge is knowledge is key, but also staying on top of your health. I think, Fran, you really brought up some good points on things that we can do at home um, for lifestyle modifications for blood pressure. Um, the, and you we- also have to, I think, when you think about your blood pressure, you do have to question if your blood pressure is high, Yes, you need to be on something, but that drug is covering up something else. Why is your blood pressure high? Yep. 
what else is going on? What mm. is wrong that is causing you to have that elevated blood pressure? And what else do you need to work on? You know, are your arteries stiff and hard? Do you mm -hmm. have really high cholesterol? I mean, what else is going on? Are you, are you so stressed out that you really, really need to change your lifestyle, mm -hmm. change your job, change yep. the way you go about your day? Because mm -hmm. um, stress will kill you. Mm -hmm. 100. Yeah, that's that. There's a great documentary, One Nation Under Stress, by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It's it's. He says it's the killer. It's causing inflammation. It causes hypertension. These silent killers that will that will slowly take us all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kara, Amber, any closing thoughts? I know Dr. Rogers has talked about yoga a lot, yeah. and also the app Headspace. Yeah. So just an app to kind of help with um, meditation, and then. Um, what is the, is it biofeedback? I think Fran had talked about that, um, controlling your heart rate through your breathing. And, you know, your dad has that ring that he use, wears, that aura. Yes. Use headband. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Those are good yeah. things that you can take at home to, to help out with relaxation, with decreasing your heart rate, decreasing blood pressure. Yeah. It's so funny that we have to go back to breathing. Like the one thing we do all the time and one don't have to thing. think about. There is, oh my God. So we started a My Friend Andy episode. I was about to say, <laughs> breathe, breathe in, I breathe out. <laughs> so, anyway, My Friend Andy on YouTube. It's wonderful. If you have children and you're listening, you should watch it. It's very cute and very informative. Thank you. Amber, thank you. Amber will be guest starring too in, in an episode of My Friend Andy. Um, it is a children's YouTube show that I do with my sister, my friend Brad, and other guest stars and, and friends and providers where we teach kids about health, but also about emotional intelligence. We talk about feelings, but our first episode was literally on breathing. And so we mm -hmm. just teach kids to breathe in and, and breathe out when they feel nervous. So yeah. So if, if kids can learn it, I think we can learn it too. We got to go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. but Amber, any closing thoughts? Breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> and go check out my friend Andy. I love it. That is good. <laughs> this has been a wonderful episode of the Mid-Level Show. I am very lucky to be a part of this great team. Um, you should come see us at Performance Medicine. We're representing all three offices in the Tri-Cities and in Knoxville. Um, and we, we are the ones that will sit down and spend time with you. Even, I don't know if you can just tell, I can tell, um, just by being on this video, but if you're watching, it can tell we take time to explain things. And, and it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a very different experience and a very good experience being with a mid-level. So I'm very, very excited. And we have a lot of great things coming up and we'll tune in next week. Thank you all so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hey, thank you. We'll, cl yeah. we'll close that. So I'll like in the meeting now, but thank you all for being on. This is awesome. Thank you. No, Bye. Fran, I'm glad you're Bye. on. You did it. Take care. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.